Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here, your host. I'm a financial advisor in Northern California, and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. So before we jump into what I wanted to cover today, can we just talk about Netflix real quick? (laughs) I'm not talking about the most recent series. Honestly, I'm pretty out of date with any recent Netflix shows. I've been trying, trying to back off the Netflix at night and read a book instead, which again, easier said than done. Changing habits is hard. I've gotten into a bad habit again of snoozing the alarm a little bit. I know I kind of talked about some of these things a ways back uh, on some changes I was going to make, so I didn't snooze the alarm a couple times, but I'm going to have to <laughs> have to get back into it because the bad habits are easy to creep back in sometimes. But if you haven't seen, Netflix stock has been getting absolutely crushed. They had a bad earnings call and you know they were transparent behind losing a lot of subscribers. So get this, year to date, Netflix stock, it's down 62.5%. I mean, that's just absolutely insane. Only a couple of years ago, Netflix was one of these high-flying stocks that could do nothing but skyrocket, go up and up and up, and it just seemed like an easy spot to make your money grow at crazy rates. And these sorts of companies, they can create this false sense of safety when they do really, really well for a few years. But it just goes to show nobody, no company is prone to something like this happening. No company is bulletproof, no matter how large they are or how popular they may seem at one time. And that's why I personally don't believe in being over leveraged in single companies like this. If you had a large portion of your portfolio in Netflix alone, one bad earnings call, that's all it can take, one bad earnings call, it can devastate your portfolio. All right, so that's all for Netflix. Just had to bring it up since it's top of news today. I'm sure that you are hearing about it if you haven't already. But what I wanted to really talk about today is the idea that not all of your money should be making you wealthy. And I know that sounds really crazy, but let me explain myself a little bit. This whole conversation, it's been coming up a lot And it's really been so frequent because of the housing market. Obviously, we all know the housing market's on fire right now. People paying way over asking price, homes flying off the market. Everyone that I hear talking about home buying, they just say how much of a nightmare it is to get something bought. Well, on the flip side of this, I do know a lot of people and have a bunch of clients actually who are selling homes right now to take advantage of these crazy prices and then using the equity they accumulated to get into a new place, potentially even pay for something 100% cash. Consequently, I do receive this phone call and this question quite often lately. Okay, Hunter, I have a million dollars in cash in my bank after my after selling my house. I really want to buy a new home. I'm not sure where yet, but I will want to buy something within the end of this year. So probably between a month to a seven or eight month period before I buy something new. Where can I invest this money 
to get some good returns, but also keep it safe and keep it liquid. Okay, unfortunately, all these things in one sentence just don't make sense. And it's really funny. It makes me think of this meme I've seen a lot about buying horses. It's really the same thing. But the meme says there are three options with buying a horse. A cheap horse, a broke horse, and a sound horse. The problem with this is you can only pick two of these things at one time. If you want a cheap horse that's broke, then it won't be sound. If you want a cheap horse that's sound, then it won't be broke. If you want a sound horse that's broke, then it's not going to be cheap. And guys, I'm not talking about an actual broken horse. A broke horse means that it is well-trained. <laughs> but it's really the same thing with investing. You have three options, liquidity, protection, and growth. If you want an account to grow and have liquidity, then you're not gonna have protection. If you want an account to grow and have protection, then you're not gonna have as much liquidity. If you want your account to have protection and liquidity, then it's not going to grow as much. We have to pick one of these options. And really, it's important to have money in each option here. And that's something that I've been reminding people about when they ask me this question. It's okay to not have all your money working hard towards growth. You don't need to have every single dollar allocated towards building your wealth. If you have something that you want the money for very quickly, don't invest it. Put it in a savings account and know that it will 100% be there for you when you're ready to utilize that money again. Because the last thing in the world, the very last thing that I would ever want for a client is them to come to me and say, okay, Hunter, please invest this money for me so that I can grow. And then I'll pull it out in about six months to buy my next home or next car or whatever it is, insert item here. And you put, let's say you put a million dollars in the market. We see a crazy market like we have so far in 2022. Your account, it's dropped 10% over these last four months, which normally not a big deal if you have time to wait and for it to recover. Again, it always recovers. But now you don't have enough money to purchase your new home that you just found. You want the money right now and you can't buy that home anymore without getting yourself in a bind. And I can think of numerous clients that I, I seriously had this exact conversation last December. I told them the same thing. Do not put that money into the market. Hold on to it. Put it in savings. Be ready to purchase your house whenever you find the next one that you want. And thank goodness they followed that advice because they didn't lose a penny of that money during this entire time. And it's also the same thought when it comes to an emergency fund. I get the question of, Hunter, where should I park my emergency fund? Where's the best place to hold it so it gets the absolute best rate of return it possibly can? And oh man, you know, you can spend a lot of energy worrying about and trying to get 0.06 or 0.07 in a savings account. And either way, it honestly sucks. And your emergency fund, it's not going to make you rich. That's not the point of it. It's not what it's there for. It's there to protect you from Murphy's Law and be your rainy day fund. That's it. Put that effort into consistently contributing to the accounts that are meant to grow for you and don't feel that every dollar needs to be working hard towards increasing your net worth. And I think a lot of it like having role players on a basketball team. I had this uh, illustration or this metaphor back uh, in March Madness and oh my gosh, it still hurts when U of A lost. They did not make it as far as any of us fans were hoping. It's I'm still a little bit sad about it, but <laughs> you know, you have a lot of different players on a basketball team. You have big guys that can rebound and protect the paint. You have facilitators, point guards that run the team and keep things in coordination. And then you have scorers. The coach, they never force a big man that isn't comfortable scoring to take lots of shots. They are not going to tell the point guard and the facilitator to give the ball up and go try to block shots in the key. And they are dang sure not going to tell their scorers to stop shooting. So don't worry about telling your emergency fund to be an aggressive investment. 
don't take your aggressive accounts away from the offense and bench them and put them in cash and not let them perform. Don't go crazy with your fixed income portion of the portfolio and get overly aggressive buying only high yield bonds. Let the bonds protect your portfolio the way they should and produce consistent lower yields. Each portion of your financial picture has a role. And when you understand what those roles are and let them do their jobs, then all you have to do is budget and contribute to them and you're going to be successful. So guys, if you want help reviewing your financial plan, going over your investments and making sure that you're set up to reach all of your different financial goals, then you can head over to my website at hunterlowry.com. There is a schedule a call with button with me right there. You can schedule a call. We'll have a one-on-one -on -one talk and we can address all of your financial goals and concerns that you might have. All right, guys, sure appreciate you listening. It's a great day to have a great day, everybody. Take care.